You're listening to a message from Stonegate Church in Midlothian, Texas. For more information about Stonegate and additional audio resources, visit Stonegate-Church.com. Good evening. I don't have long, so let me get on it right now. I believe it was last week that I said that, uh, that there are some sums that, uh, that don't have a background or a backdrop of something to pull from to understand uh, the situation that the psalmist uh, might be writing from. Uh, that is not the case with Psalm 63. Uh, there is a story behind the pinning of this particular psalm that we find uh, David writing uh, today. If you have your Bibles, uh, there's a, there should be some sort of a subscript that says that a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Uh, some believe that this psalm was written in light of Saul chasing David, uh, trying to kill him. But that cannot be it because in verse 11, David is already a king. But it is a psalm that is written uh, in light of Absalom, his son, his rebellious son, who is trying to destroy and kill David and his boys. That his own son is trying to to, uh, take the authority of his father, so he goes out here, and so and so. When you read Second Samuel 15 and 16, the Bible says that in Absalom he drove out David, and David found himself landing, slapped out in the middle of a desert, driven from his his comfort, something that David knew well, and he's in this wilderness, he and his boys. And he writes this particular song. And the first part of the song, in uh, verse one, I'm going to read that for you and then, and then we're going to dive into that. And, that, yeah, and I think that verse one, it, is, it, it sets the tone of the entire psalms. I mean, it, it, so, so just get the picture that David is in, not Vegas, he's in the outskirts of Vegas, in the middle of a desert where there's no one around. That's the picture. He's in Phoenix, Arizona. was hot. Let's say he's experiencing Texas heat at this time. And, and so David... With that picture, he he writes this psalm. He says, oh God, my God. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul, it thirsts for you. And my flesh, it faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. David, in the midst of a wilderness experience, been chased by his son, son wanting to kill him, he calls on God. He says, 
O God, El, O El, you are my Elohim. There's something with David in these names of God that he knows. Last week he called him Jehovah, you are my master, you are my Lord, Adonai, or Adonai, you, you are my master. Jehovah, you are my master. Today we're saying that he sent Jehovah, Yahweh, you are my Elohim. You are the God who keeps covenant. You are the God who is sovereign and powerful and keeps your covenant with your people. David, by acknowledging that, by using the personal pronoun my, he turns a, this experience that, that is one of a wilderness into a worshipful experience. But in the midst of been driven out by his son, he, he calls on and he turns this into a worshiping experience. Oh God, for you are my Elohim. Earnestly, I'm, I'm seeking you, the covenant-keeping, sovereign and gracious God. I'm, I'm calling on you and I'm also seeking you in this moment. The word earnestly some Bibles use the word early, done, early in the morning. David, he's seeking God. One says that, man, that, that, that really what David is trying to convey is that David, in the midst of this experience, is making God his first priority. That in the midst of seeking death or, or facing death or, or the possibility of dying, he's going to worship God and he's going to also make seeking God his business. No, I'm that kind of guy who have, I've been blessed by God. I've been tremendously blessed by God. And I, I do thirst, I do have this desire to seek God, but I'm that guy that in the morning, I, I would say in the past, but it, it, it's still today present sometimes. I'm that guy that has my phone next to me. There's, there is my Bible, there are, there's my ruler and my pen. But I'm that guy that, when I, that in the morning when I get up, the first thing I go for is my phone. I check two things primarily on the phone in the mornings. I check first my banking account as if something changed last night. <laughs> this is a consistent thing that I, I've done and I'm trying to change. Y'all, a brother is still struggling, hoping that one day God would drop in an extra zero <laughs> and that'll be, that'll be a blessing. It, 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 hasn't, it hasn't happened yet, amen? So I, I'm, I'm going to check my account and then I'm going to run to Facebook, just to see, man, what's going on in the world, man? Who's saying what and what's been said? I, I want to I wanna, I wanna see what's going on in the world. I, I'm that guy. Checks his account and Facebook. And I find myself in that spending probably 15 or 20 minutes perusing the Facebook, just looking and seeing what's going on. I might like this and, and I might comment on this. 
Now, I know that there's a schedule I have to keep. And so to check off the thing that I've, I've read my Bible, I pray, I grab my Bible, I read my three chapters of like James today, James chapter four and five, I've read Psalm 112 and I'm in Proverbs. So I, I check them off, I pray, I get up and then I'm gone. But I spent 30 minutes in on Facebook. See, I have this tendency of not making God top priority in my life. I'm not earnestly, early with diligence, pursuing God. Now, I would love to get up here and say, I'm that God man, that man before I even kiss my wife, I've met God. Before I've brushed my teeth, I've met God. That before I've eaten my breakfast, I've met with God. That's not the case with this brother. But I knew I was preaching Sunday, so I did it all week. <laughs> I switched it up again. Oh, yeah. I can get up here and say, all week, I've sought God early and first all week long. Now, let's see what happens tomorrow morning. But I wonder, can you say that you are making God top priority in your day? Are you earnestly, early with diligence, seeking the God who has been more than good to you? I've had to repent this week. Because that has not been me. I don't, I, I don't, when David says, man, that my, that, that, that my soul, it, it, it thirsts for God, that my flesh, it faints for God as, a, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. That's the picture that David is trying to paint. Put me in a desert and I've had no water for seven days and there's God. Give me God over water. Job said this, that I have, Job said that I deem more necessary than my food, God's word. That before Job ate breakfast, he feasted on God's word. That's not me. But I've repented and asked God to forgive me. And so what I've done, y'all, because I realized how, God is, how good God is to me present, I realized how, how good God has been in saving me. Now, the phone and my pad, they are nowhere next to me. I got to do something different in my life. And it's, listen, it's not to gain approval or favor with God. That's been had in Jesus. I'm not doing it to gain something from God. And God's love for me doesn't change when I do it every day for a year or two. His love is still the same for me. This is more so for my benefit. I want to get to the point where I can say each day as this psalm says, God, I, 
I'm going to seek you earnestly. My body, my soul will thirst. My flesh will faint as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. That's going to be the way that I, I run after you. Earnestly, early, with diligence, I'm going to seek you. Now watch what he says after that. So he's in the wilderness. Here's his mindset. David has a flashback. Verse 2. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary. Now listen, he's in, he's in the wilderness, but he's recalling times when there was a tabernacle in Jerusalem. So he's in the wilderness, having flashbacks of when he was in the sanctuary or at Jerusalem, beholding, he says, the power and the glory of God. The God, you were revealing yourself and dealing with your people, and I recall that. But there was something about that that I do, I do recall. Look at verse 3, he says, because of your steadfast love, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So David is saying, God, I do recall moments while I was in the sanctuary in Jerusalem that you were revealing yourself and dealing with your saints that this attribute of yourself, it kept being mentioned that God, he is steadfast in love. It was, it was that attribute, it was that trait from God that David recalls that causes him to praise God. It was that loyal love, that unchangeable love that David recalls that God, it was this love that I realized and that I recognized that caused me to worship God with my lips. Truth. Conveyed in the mind, stirred up the affections of, God, of David in his heart that caused his lips to respond. It was truth, affection, response. Truth, passion, and response. David did not keep silent. It's because of this love that those of us who are healed are not lost. It's because of his love or this love that we are open now to the things of God. It's because of this love we experience victory in God through Jesus Christ. Christ. It's because of this love we were, we were going to spend eternity with God and we're able to enjoy him. This love, David says, it, 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 it drew a response for me. And I praise you with my lips. Praise you. Then he says in the next verse, I'm going to bless you as long as I live. 
I'm going to speak well of God no matter what goes on in my life for as long as I live. I can be in the wilderness. I can be chased by enemies. I can be sick. No matter what it is, I have decided now to vow. I'm going to bless God for my natural, for my natural born life. Every single day, you will find me speaking well of God. Now watch this, y'all. Steadfast love, lips. He decides to bless God every day of his life. And then he says this, in your name. I will lift up my hands. <laughs> In your name. It's truth. Your name is going to do something to my spirit, passion, my heart. It's going to desire, and the response is going to again be physical. Your, your, your steadfast love, because of that, I praised you. Now, because of your name, I'm going to lift up my hands. Now, 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 understand that David's response is informed biblically and theologically. His response is just not some old iffy thing. His response is grounded in truth and the character of God, and the name of God, and the doctrine of God. His, his response is grounded in truth. I've been visiting Stonegate for a while. Well, not visiting here. I've been here for a while. I'm sorry. I'm on staff. Amen. Uh, this is my home, man. I'm sorry. I'm visiting. I'm, this, this is my home. You're my kinfolk. And when I first came to Stonegate, I was in the back chilling. Half the wall was here, wasn't this big. I come in and I hear truth. Like, man, what the, what do what, what you say? Who are you talking about? Jesus. Intellectually, it was, it was appealing. It did something to my heart. But because I was at Stonegate, I wouldn't respond. My fear of you hearing the truth of God, exciting my affections for God, I suppressed it. And I wouldn't say because of you. My own issues. I wanted to please you. And God said, no. What are you doing? No, 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 no. Hold up now. Please hear me out. My response should not interfere with the word of God. God, he is the hero of the service. 
It should not, it should not interfere with, 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 with Rodney when he's preaching, but there are times, y'all, God has given us softball pitches. Huh, worship me. Look at that truth. And I sat there and I was like, man, what? what? Okay. And this happened home and home and home again. And God said, no more. Listen, I'm about to ask you to do something that might be uncomfortable on earth, but you better get used to it in heaven. I guarantee you that when you stand before God, nobody will be sitting hands in pocket and saying, God, come on with it. That's not going to be the picture in heaven. I promise you that. Now, here's the truth. We all get emotional and excited about something the giver has given us. I promise you that. There's something that, 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 that calls you to raise your hands, to, to, to speak loudly because of the gifts that the giver has given you. But the gift was always meant to lead you back to the giver. You can't stop at the gifts. That's idolatry. He's given you gifts to lead back to him for you to worship him, to praise him, to lift up your hands to him because he's worthy of it. I promise you when I get to heaven, I won't be in Melodian and I won't be in no cliff, but I'll be in the presence of God. I'm in his presence. I'm not going to be sitting down with him on him. That's all he's done for me. He's done too much. He's too weighty in my life for me to sit there and say, God, you owe me this. I deserve this. I'm Valentine, you know. No, no, no. David said this. At his name, or, or in your name, he says, I lifted up my hands. There's a name like El Shaddai. Powerful and the source of all blessings. That's one of his names. If you agree with me that God has been the source of every single blessing you receive. Raise your hand. Hand down. He's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord that has provided for you despite you over and over and over, manly salvation, despite you, he saved you. He provided salvation for you. In that name, I'm going to lift up my hands. Maybe that's not you. 
Maybe you need a God to heal you in some sense. Your brokenness, your stubbornness. And he's been Jehovah Rophi for you. The God who heals. Physical and spiritual and emotionally. Have you experienced the healing hand of God? If that's you, lift your hands up. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's not you. Maybe he's changed you. Maybe you're not the same you was today that you were last week. He's been Jehovah who sanctifies you. He's been Jehovah Mikadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. If God has consumed you from this year to uh, from last year to this year, it's for God's loving sons. And if you've been changed by the grace and power of God, and that name, I'm gonna lift my hands. <laughs> see, see, see it's, it's his name, it, it warrants this. It warrants it. You just don't know. Astounded sisters and brothers. We got to be okay with responding to the truth and character and word of God. It has to be a safe place to have informed response. Informed. Informed. It has to be informed. It can't be what you want to do and how you want to do it. The Bible says God, he is a God of decency and order. There's a way to go about it. But stop it. Family. He's worthy. Amen. If you've been adopted in love through Christ according to God's will, and you now can call the God of the creator of all your Abba, your father, your daddy. That name. You're his son, his daughter. My friend says, if that don't light your fire, your wood wet. It's just soaking wet. If you know that you are a son and daughter of the Most High God, does not cause you to lift up your hands. That the Father, the Creator of all, is your daddy. In that name, David said, I'm going to lift up my. That same father is the father of mercies. It's the same sort of mercies that David says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You hear because of God's mercy. You're his because of his mercies. And if you've got a daddy who's been merciful to you, he says, let worship be your reasonable response with your bodies, with your mouth, with your 
hands, if you can, your feet. David experienced God in such a way, the Bible says, he danced himself out of his clothes. Don't do that, y'all. <laughs> I warn you, we will send you to, to Terrell, Texas. <laughs> Terrell, Texas, y'all know what that is? That's the land of the crazy, amen? Not you, somebody else. All I'm trying to say is this. And y'all, listen, I knew I wouldn't get done. Rodney gave me 25 minutes. <laughs> I knew that was a wash deal when he told me. But I knew God wanted me to convey this. When you think about Jesus, Paul says, but God, being rich in mercies and with the great love in which he loved us, though we were dead in our trespasses and sins, he quickened us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. The fact that you know him and that you're going to spend eternity with him. Don't let anybody stop you from praising and worshiping him. He's been too good. What else can be had in a place when you are thirsting and when you are seeking and when you are fainting for God, making God first priority and who cares about anybody else? I think what God really wanted me to say today, Stonegate, don't let your doctrine cause you to, to lose your response and love for me. I'm going to say one quote and I'm done. Yeah, I skipped the whole sermon, amen. I didn't get, it's all right. It says, he that has doctrinal knowledge and speculation only, without affection. <laughs> Is that possible? Yes. <laughs> he that has doctrinal knowledge and speculation only, without affection, never is engaged in the business of religion. John Edwards. He's provided Christ both to give us both truth for mind and a love for passion that should cause us to respond some kind of way because we'll spend eternity responding to the love of God found in Christ Jesus forever in eternity. Amen. God has said, Stonegate, I want you to be a safe place where you can respond to me. You can respond. 
respond. Now, I'm not, now, now, responding is not prescriptive, it's descriptive. I'm just saying, when you get to heaven, I'm just saying, let's get used to it now. Because I promise you, when you get to heaven, and you see God for who he is, and you think about all he's done for you, you think for one hour a minute, you're going to be sitting down, hands in the pocket, like, yeah, God, you owe me this. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, it ain't happen. I promise you it can happen. You're going to spend eternity worshiping God with your body and with your mouth. Let's get used to it now. So, Father, because of Jesus, we can respond. <laughs> we have the person and the means and the grace to, to, to respond. It's not predicated on color or culture. That's a lie. That's a lie. It's a lie. People told me. White people think black people respond. That's a lie. That's a lie. No. No. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. We all respond. We all have a mind. I'm tired of believing the lies. I got a mind. I know I'm from the hood, but y'all, I got a mind. And I can think. Sometimes, amen. He's given me Christ, his word and doctrine to fall in love with him that I may respond with passion in a way that is reasonable and sensible and factual and trustworthy. That's why I respond this way. The mind. It calls infections in the heart. That's a lead to a response some kind of way. So Father, with that, we thank you Ooh, how we thank you. I know you are worthy. You are worthy of every doctrine or truth. And none of that stuff makes sense without Jesus. None of it. None of it. None of it. It's just information. It's just knowledge that, that causes one to puff up, but that should lead us to conform and to love God and people and to respond accordingly, God. Listen, I'm not saying that we need to be legalistic and respond. God, your, your spirit should, should cause it in us. It should be genuine. It should be real. But sometimes, God, we just have to let go and let you Respond in a way that is able to show our affections for you and yet help serve the people sitting around us. David said it is because of your steadfast love. He praised you. He decided to bless you all of his life. And in your names, he said, I'm going to lift up my hands to a God 
who saves, who, who strengthens, who is always there. That God. You promise never to leave us nor forsake us. You are Jehovah Shammah, the God who's always there. We have plenty of reason to respond to you. Let's not walk in the fear of man anymore. Let's not do that. Spirit of God, please cultivate in this assembly and this gathering a safe place to respond because of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, give us order. Yeah, give, give us order. <laughs> but give us passion also, God. You can do both of those. <laughs> yes, you can. So I beseech you, God. I beseech you. Do that for us. I ask it. I plead it in your wonderful name, your saving name, your changing name, your glorious name, your everlasting name, your powerful name, your merciful name. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonegate Church, located in Midlothian, Texas. For service times, additional audio and study resources, as well as information about our church, please visit us at stonegate-church.com.